We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside a special Thanksgiving edition of the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. DA with you. And of course, you can always get us on iTunes by simply searching Permission Granted Podcast. I think by now, if you search Permission Granted, we've we've had a hundred and... 15 of these bad boys, I think by now the religious ones aren't going to come up because I think that there's a religious permission granted podcast. (laughs) I've joked about this before. Not that religion would be a joking matter at all, but uh, yeah, I think they title it the same thing. Who knew? So we're the non-religious one, like the one without the cloud and the halo on it, on the logo. We look a lot different than that, so you can check that out by, uh, well, there's the permission granted, the permission granted religious one, I don't know, (laughs) you can subscribe to that one too if you want, but ours, you'll see our four faces, and then subscribe for free, and you'll get it on your iTunes, then also you will get it on on the DA Show's webpage, which is daoncbs.com, that's uh, daoncbs.com, speaking of which, just this week, I was dealing with the iTunes thing, and I feel like I'm talking like my dad now. You know, the old i that uh, the iTunes. I couldn't figure out the iTunes, and I was uh, I was trying to reset the icons on my on my screen on my iPhone, and I kept holding down the button like like the old one did. I think the iPhone six. You you held down your thumb. And then it would start to wiggle, and then you could move them around, and then it wasn't working on the new one. And then I'm like, what is going on? What is happening? I can't figure this out for the life of me. And then what I realized, I had to Google it, that you just got to touch it, just tap it very gently, and then that worked. So I'm learning new things every day, basically like my father, and uh, tech from a technological standpoint, and that's exciting. That really is. That's very, very exciting. Ah uh, yeah, so I'm I'm here now. Permission granted. Okay, so there's a book. Oh no, there's a podcast. Permission granted by the New Point Community Church, and then there's a permission granted by the Restoration Bible Church, and Pastor. Um, let's see here, Pastor Mark Hendershot. We are a faith-based word church with a strong emphasis on the family. We believe that the church of today should be less about the church and more about a personal relationship with Christ. So the most recent episode is uh, The Brilliance of Jesus. Yeah, I would say he's pretty brilliant. And then Revelation and Stop the Noise. 
So anyway, that's not us. <laughs> that's interesting. A bunch of permission granteds are religious. There's the City Church of New Orleans. There's the Hope City Church of Frankfurt, Germany. There's the Solid Rock Christian Church in Boca. And then there's PGP number 17, Knoxville Recap, and Lisa Ramos's Food Tips, and Marazgo Shopping. So it's, you know, it's all in the same vein, right? I was, uh, I was on the air today with Bart Scott as we filled in for the Doug Gottlieb show. And uh, it was great to talk to Bart about Thanksgiving memories because he grew up in Detroit. And so he was a Lions fan growing up, and they were watching, obviously, the Lions every single year, as they still do now. And uh, we were going over some of our favorite Thanksgiving football memories. And I think, in my mind, Leon Lett is my favorite Thanksgiving memory. And because I can very vividly remember where I was, what I was doing, well, I was watching football, but where I was and, you know, the the time frame and, and the whole image of the day was, uh, I believe, 1993, and I was at my Aunt Margie and Uncle John's house, and uh, this was in Queens, where they live, or where they lived, and we're watching on the little TV in my Uncle Mike's, uh, in my cousin Mike's room, and it's snowing, which was so weird because it was in Dallas. You're going, you know, how is it snowing in Dallas at that point? I'm 14 years old. It's kind of slightly mind-boggling to think that it could snow in Dallas. It is snowing. It's coming through the roof hole. There's snow on the ground. It's a Dolphins team that uh, was, uh, I believe, with, if I'm not mistaken, without uh, Dan Marino. I think he was injured. That was the team that started out real hot in 93, and then I think collapsed without Marino. Maybe Bernie Kosar was the, the starting quarterback. Um, if that's possible, I have to double check that. But um, anyway, it's snowing, and then it looks like the the Cowboys are going to win. They're at home. Remember, they're the defending Super Bowl champions. They would actually go on to win again in '93, uh, unless this was '94. But either way, they were defending Super Bowl champions. And then it's blocked by the Cowboys, and all the Cowboys have to do is uh, stay away from the football. Everyone's saying, "Get away! Get away! Get away!" And here comes Leon Lett. Having come off his Super Bowl blunder with Don Beebe and, or Dan Beebe, Don, I always get him mixed up. There's the Don Beebe. Don Beebe is the wide receiver for the Bills. Dan Beebe is the commissioner of the Big 12, right, or the former commissioner. So there's Leon Led, and everyone's saying, get away, get away, get away, and then he just jumps into the fray. He just comes sliding in like a slide tackle. From Zinedon Zidane. And you're going, how could this guy be that stupid? And then it's picked up by the Dolphins. They end up kicking uh, the, the field goal to win it. So that that game, I'll never, ever, ever forget where I was and what I was, the, the time frame and, and the game itself and all of that because it was just so crazy. It was indeed 1993. It was indeed 1993. And uh, November 25th, 1993, it ends up being a 16-14 Dolphins win on the back of three Pete Stoyanovich field goals and a Keith Byers 77-yard touchdown. 
In fact, the only two touchdowns scored by the Cowboys were by Kevin Williams, one of which was on a kick return for a touchdown. Actually, the Dolphins quarterback by none other than Steve DeBerg. Yes. It was a DeBerg versus Aikman special. DeBerg threw 41 times for 287 yards. Special player right there. It's a a special player. I guess Bernie Kosar was the Cowboys' backup. Does that make sense? I think that was right. That's what happened there. Steve DeBerg will always hold a very special place in my heart, not because of that game, but because in 1989, I believe, it was 89 or 90, Steve DeBerg was quarterbacking for the Chiefs. It was 1990. And the Chiefs had been so bad through the 80s, and then finally had hired Marty Schottenheimer in 1989 and had begun an ascent. And in 1990, they made it back to the playoffs. And Steve DeBerg was this ancient, backup forever quarterback that uh, nobody had thought of in years, a million years, and had taken over the reins. And Schottenheimer just wanted a great defense run the football, and then the the quarterback, all you need to do is play action. So it was Christian Okoye, and then the defense obviously had Neil Smith and a young Derek Thomas and a great cornerback and safety play. Right, Albert Lewis, I believe, was on that team. Deron Cherry, um, really, really great secondary. And then Steve DeBerg had the ultimate, ultimate play action. And I'll never forget Steve DeBerg because if you remember, he broke his pinky and they stuck a rod into the top of the pinky. You can Google this. Just search Steve DeBerg Pinky. And they took like a white plastic rod to straighten it and stuck it directly into the top. And NFL Films showed this. And then they would put this huge bandage over it for the game. So DeBerg had four digits on his non-throwing hand that were exposed. And then one that had a giant patch on it. A giant, you know, white gauze, basically finger glove. And his play action never suffered. That guy was like 39 years old, the broken pinky and a rod in it and a big giant mitt on his pinky. And his play action never suffered. And I will never forget how grotesque it it looked. Looking at that pinky, the Steve DeBerg pinky was just hideous. Just absolutely hideous. The broken pinky that he had so it, he that, that guy's a man a man amongst boys and an old man but uh it's an incredible thing that i'll never forget how disgusting steve deberg's broken pinky was i hope that everybody has a wonderful thanksgiving and uh remember that on the flip side of thanksgiving the 12 days of christmas begin when we finally get to december 1st She's not far away. We begin counting down the top 12 moments of the DA shows 2016. We had quite a bit of them. We did a really good job, I thought, archiving the 12 DAs this year. Each time that it happened, we jumped on it. And this is now year two of the new shift, which is not new anymore, the evening shift or afternoon shift, depending on where you listen to us, which means once we're done with the 12 DAs of Christmas, it's year five of the DA on CBS Sports Radio. Year five. You know, once TV shows get to season five, 
you're either right in your wheelhouse peaking or it begins the slow descent. And I hope we're not in a slow descent here. I want to wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving to you, your family. Uh, you guys make coming into work and doing this show um, imminently more fun on a daily basis. The calls, the tweets, the Facebook messages, the comments on Facebook, um, everybody that's been watching Nomad, I really appreciate it all because it feels like one big family, and I love that, and I love that the show has become that with the D-Aliens. So everybody be well, be good, and be good to one another. And side B with Mraz is right now. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, welcome into Side B of a Gobbling Gobbling edition of the PGP. It's Thanksgiving week. If you're listening to this now, you may have already had your bird stuffed and stuffed you. If you're if you uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this now, you may not have uh, you may not have had the any pasta. <laughs> and that dumb laugh on the other side is James Ward, who right out the gates we're coming out hot here in Side B of the PGP. Ward, what's up? going on how am i supposed to keep quiet when you make a joke like that i don't know where i was going with that but, <laughs> but we're all in a we're all in a good mood here as it's thanksgiving week and uh as i was saying by the time you listen to this you may have uh, uh have had thanksgiving dinner you may not da we were going to be doing a best of da show that i've put together for you so if you're around driving around thanksgiving night and you've already eaten make sure to check that out we have some good stuff that's happened throughout the course of the year on the da show there but what we usually do on thursday nights is wards winners with james ward and we go full throttle with the college football so ward out thursday myself out thursday da out thursday where else are we going to do it we're going to do it right here on side b of the pgp ward big college football weekend ahead yeah, lots of rivalry games. This is one of my favorite weekends of the year. And I went 3-0 and last week, got my record to 18-18 and on the season. So I'm actually, I'm actually starting, starting to feel it. I think my picks this week are good picks. So hoping to make some numbers and get some, some distance between wins and losses. Yeah, well, you're finally finding your groove here, if not, uh, if not now, when. So you're at 500, and are you going to keep – you're going to do championship Saturday, and how are you going to work this the rest of the way? How many more weeks of awards winners we got? I'm going to do championship Saturday. I'm going to do one week of sort of the smaller bowls, and then I'm going to do a week of the, uh, of like the New Year's Day, New Year's Eve bowls, and then I'm going to do a championship pick. So I think we got three full weeks plus a championship pick left. Okay. All right. That's not terrible. So that, that gives us plenty of ground to work over because I'm four games on there. I got to really pick up some steam on you if I'm going to catch you. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen, but you could just keep telling yourself that. <laughs> it's been a terrible <laughs> year picking games. Um, okay. So let's uh, let's take it away here. We'll do a little awards winners. How many games are we picking? I'm picking three games. Three games. One Friday, two Saturdays. All right. So without further ado, so remember, betting guide people, if you're listening to this Saturday morning, if Ward tweets this out, one pick will have already been in the book, so we're getting this recorded, full disclosure, on Tuesday. Also, if you're looking for my up-the-gut picks, I'll be making them, and maybe you'll have already heard them by the time you're hearing this, Wednesday on the show with John Kincaid. We'll do it like a football Friday with all the trimmings, as Mike Francesa would say. Ward, take it away. So my first pick is a rivalry game, which I don't like doing unless I see a decided advantage. Arizona State at Arizona, Friday night. 
I'm taking Arizona laying two and a half. There is Arizona right now is having one of the worst seasons ever. They're 0-8 in the Pac-12. They have two wins this season coming against Grambling State and Hawaii. The Wildcats haven't won a game since September 17th. In addition to a poor win-loss record this season, Wildcats are 1-10 against the spread. So they've been bad, and they've been bad at covering spreads. So they're a home, they're home underdog, but I'm taking Arizona State to cover the two and a half points. I don't like Arizona State, but if you look at this game, they at least have two Pac-12 wins. They've beaten UCLA, they've beaten Cal, and they won a non-conference game against Texas Tech. They have an explosive offense, and when you look at games like this, it's two bad teams, but the Sundell's offense, clearly the best unit, and the Wildcats' defense might be the worst. So I'm taking Arizona State game one to cover the two and a half points and beat Arizona by probably double digits. Okay, so what you have here is two kinds of people are going to care about this game, Ward, and that is citizens of Arizona and degenerates like you. Hey, I made a lot of money for a lot of people last weekend. I picked three games. I picked three underdogs that no one cared about, and they all won the game. So you make your money in betting college football picking the games that no one watches because those are the games that you actually have a decided advantage. Everyone's betting Michigan, Ohio State. I'm betting Arizona State, Arizona. So is that a teaser that we're not getting a Michigan, Ohio State pick here in the next two? I can give you a lean there, but I'm not going to pick it officially for the show because oh. I think that games like that, you don't. They, Vegas does a really good job establishing the spread and you get money coming from both sides. So I think you have a better chance of actually picking some of these lesser games right as opposed to some of the more marquee college football games all right we'll get you lean after you picks what's pick number two number two is another rivalry game this one's a little bit more of a marquee matchup utah colorado utah getting ten and a half points on the road and while the buffaloes are in the middle of one of their best seasons they've played very very well but they've been unable to really blow teams out um they they beat washington state last week by two touchdowns but this game, to me, looks a lot more like Colorado's matchup against Stanford that finished with a 10-5 score. Utah's defense, always good. They have a really good running back this year in Joe Williams. Colorado does everything well, but 10.5 points is a lot of points, and I'm not sure they can cover that. They've had a dramatic turnaround. They've finished last place in the Pac-12 South in four of the last five years. They actually have a chance to clinch the Pac-12 South with a win against Utah. But Utah doesn't want their rivals to clinch the Pac-12 South. They're going to go all out and try to beat Colorado. Don't expect uh, Utah to win, but I think this game will be close, and I think Utah will be able to run the ball on Colorado. Last week, Washington State had some success running the ball on Colorado, but Mike Leach sort of that abandoned that when Colorado went up by a touchdown and went more to his passing attack. Utah won't abandon that. They're just going to keep running the ball. They're comfortable running the ball and playing defense, so I think Utah is going to keep this game close. It wouldn't surprise me if Utah won, but you're getting 10.5 points. Definitely take that. Maybe sprinkle a little little money line action, but I think this game is going to be close all the way through. Uh, There is some juice. Okay, I can respect that game. That's a game people will actually watch because Colorado has been pretty intriguing all season long, and Kyle Whittingham always has Utah playing, playing up to their competition. And pick number three, James? Pick number three is a game that no one's going to care about. This is a Mountain West showdown between Wyoming and New Mexico. Oh, what are we doing? (laughs) 
<laughs> this is where you really start to reevaluate your life as someone that's picking college football games. But Wyoming is a team that I have looked at all year. They have dominated the Mountain West Conference. They have one loss. It was against UNLV in a typical trap game where they knew they were playing San Diego State the following week. Wyoming is favored by three points on the road this week against New Mexico, and they should win this game easily. New Mexico, believe it or not, lost to Rutgers this year. And that's, I New mean, Mexico lost to Rutgers. That tells you everything you need to know about this matchup. Wyoming beat Boise State and they beat San Diego State, which are the two of the more perennial powerhouses in their conference. They have a great quarterback, Josh Allen, threw for 282 yards last week against San Diego State. Their running back, I think, is fourth in the country in rushing. He's run for over 100 yards eight times this year. They're, they're a very good offensive team, and New Mexico can't score points. So I really don't know how New Mexico is going to score in this game. They have two quarterbacks combined last week for six of 16 for 81 yards passing. So mostly running the ball on offense for New Mexico. And Wyoming's defense last week stopped the leading rusher in the country. Danelle Pumphrey only ran for 76 yards against Wyoming last week. I saw this line before I looked at it. I tried to kind of guess what the line would be. I figured Wyoming would be favored by about 10 points. They're only favored by three. So I think this is easy money. Wyoming's going to win this game by double digits. Is this game even on TV nationally? Are we on like ESPN 3 at 2 in the morning on Saturday night? What are we looking at with this game? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. I'm going to look it up right now. But in the past, Wyoming has been on CBS Sports Network. So they've been, it's actually an ESPN 2 game, Saturday, 10, 15 Eastern. So Wyoming's had a lot of those CBS Sports Network Mountain West games. You didn't, weren't they the uh, team that played that game that ended at like 4 a.m. Eastern time early in the year because of the storm and the triple overtime and crazy stuff like that? Remember that game early in the year? Are you talking about the UNLV game? They, the UNLV game went to went to triple overtime. I think the final score was like 69. But was that the 68. game that with like storm delays ended up ending at like 4 a.m. Eastern time? That sounds right. That, that totally sounds right. It, I don't, it doesn't ring a bell, but that sounds like it could could have been that game. That was way early in the season. All right, so Ward, real quickly, just your three, your three picks are here are Wyoming laying the three, and you like Arizona State laying the two and a half, and pick number two – you like Utah covering ten and a half? Yes, those are my three picks. Three Ward's winners as he tries to get over five hundred on the year. Now, two quick leans here on the college football nuggets. The Michigan Ohio State game, obviously game of the weekend. I know it's tradition. I hate the fact that this game's at noon. First of all, because I'm going to be in Ohio that weekend. Would have been nice if it was a little later. I probably could have made it to Columbus. Your thoughts on this game? I mean, are you leaning one way or another? This is is this going to live up to the hype? What do you like here? Yeah, I like Michigan in this game. Michigan's getting six and a half points. I would take them as an underdog in this game. I think these teams are relatively equal. Ohio State's offense has been pretty inconsistent all year. Um, You look at the way they've played, and they've struggled against some teams. Like, they shouldn't have struggled against Michigan State last week. It just shouldn't have happened. Michigan, I know they have injuries at quarterback, but they haven't been able to run the ball on anyone. And their defense outside of Alabama – might be the best defense in the country. So I think Michigan's going to try to make JT Barrett's life miserable. I think this game's going to be low scoring. I think they're going to be able to stop the Ohio State's rushing attack uh, with the quarterback and their two really good running backs. And I think the one thing for Michigan will be, can they get anything out of O'Korn as as a fill-in for Wilton Spade? So I'm not really sure what Michigan can do on offense, but their defense is good enough 
for me to want to pick Michigan in this game to cover the number. But I think the game's going to live up to the hype. I love the Big Ten noon games. They're, they're some of my favorite college football games because it's almost like where the entire country shifts to watch the SEC 3.30 Eastern time game. The entire country kind of hones in on the Big, uh, the Big Ten noon Eastern time games. There's a couple of them every week, and I find myself just kind of flipping between whatever Big Ten game is most appealing at the time. A lot of Iowa-Purdue, a lot of Minnesota-Indiana. You get that a lot at noon throughout the season. Uh, okay, now, speaking of that SEC game, any chance at all Auburn can upset Alabama here in the SEC regular season finale? No, I'm not giving Auburn a shot here because I liked Auburn against Georgia going into the between the hedges to upset to beat Georgia and kind of keep their, uh, you know, minimal chances to win the SEC East or to win the SEC. But I just don't see it happening. The way they played against Georgia, they play that way against the Alabama. They lose by 30 points. Again, a rivalry game, so anything can happen. But I really don't see a way that Auburn can upset Alabama because all Auburn does is run the ball. And Alabama has limited every running back they've faced this year. So they, the secondary, a little bit of questions for Alabama, if you could say that. Uh, you remember how Chad Kelly played against them at Ole Miss earlier? Oh, sure, yeah. The only, the only really offensive success against Alabama this year was that there's no chance Auburn's going to be able to run the ball on Alabama, and they don't do anything else well on offense, so I'd be surprised if this game was close. Okay, and I'm going to give you three names, and I want to I want you to rank from most likely to least likely the next coach at Texas, Tom Herman, Chip Kelly, Les Miles. I think Tom Herman most likely – I think Les Miles would be second, and I don't really see that as likely either. I think Chip Kelly is a very, very distant third. I think if Chip Kelly goes back to the college game, he's going back to Oregon. I'm not sure where Les Miles is going, but I think for Texas to hire him after he was fired isn't really the splash that they're looking right. for in Austin. I think Tom Herman's probably their guy, but you've seen reports saying from this week from the Houston AD saying, listen, if Tom Herman's going to leave here, it's not going to be for money, which makes me think that they're going to be able to pony up a little bit of cash to try to keep him. Tom Herman to Austin would be probably the way to go for me if I was hiring the new Texas head coach. But I really, I'm, it seems too clear for that to be the case. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's, it's too clear for that to be the, the, you know, the way that this puzzle solved. And usually when things like that are, sort of the favorite thing to happen. It doesn't always happen that way. So I think Tom Herman still probably makes the most sense, but I'll believe it when it's, when I see it. Do you have a dark horse name? Uh, I've thought about it and I don't, I'm not sure if there's a dark horse name, a guy that could make a little bit of sense. Um, you know what? And I hate to say it. The reports from Charlie strong, getting the, getting the boot, are out there, and then he had to come out and say that he wasn't getting fired. Would it shock you if he was the coach next year? I'm kind of like leaning that maybe it wouldn't really be the like the, the blow-me-over-with-a-feather type shock, but I'm really not sure who's going to go there because you look at the way they've handled the last two coaches. Wait, wait, so, so you think Charlie Strong's actually going to end up staying when all's said and done? I, there's something to it to me that I think it wouldn't shock me if he was still the head coach of Texas next year. Interesting. Because I'm not really sure – if they don't get Tom Herman, who are they going to get? Who is a young, up-and-coming head coach that would actually go to Texas 
um, despite all of the turmoil and chaos surrounding their last two coaching coaching positions. Right. You see, you look at the way that the, the Mac Brown situation played out was total chaos, and now they're doing the same thing with Charlie Charlie Strong. I don't know. I don't think it's as big of a coaching coaching position as as people are making it out to be. So I think Tom Herman's probably their guy. But if they find out that Tom Herman doesn't want to go there, maybe they give Charlie another year. See, isn't that the thing, though? Because obviously if you're a young, hot college coaching candidate, right, the chances are there are a bunch of other schools that are looking at you and trying to upgrade your situation. Is jumping to Texas the smart move despite all the money and all the resources when you see how hungry they are and if it's going to be you know, a real chance for you? If you fail, you may not have that, that as long a leash as you may somewhere else, so it may not be worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, and I I really don't like 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 if you, like if Texas if Texas right if Texas is after you, chances are LSU will be after you. Chances are you know Oregon could be after you. You know what I mean? Where the, you might have a little longer leash than you would at Texas. Yeah, and I and I put this on Twitter. I think that this coaching search reminds me a lot of what Michigan did to Rich Rodriguez a few years ago. They were always looking to get rid of Rich Rodriguez. The year they got rid of him, they brought in Brady Hoke, and Brady Hoke won 11 games with Rich Rodriguez's players. I think Charlie Strong knows that this team next year is going to be pretty good. They have a lot of players. The defense is better. They have a quarterback. So I think he thinks that this team is going to be pretty good yet next year. I think the players want to play for him, and I think maybe, just maybe, there's a chance that he sticks around for another year. Interesting. That's the kind of nugget you get here on the PGP with James Ward. An interesting, interesting Ward's winner nugget. Now, Ward, I have to know before I let you go, because we've seen you fail in many eating competitions here on the DA show. However, the biggest eating holiday of the year is here this week. You're a guy who who does a lot of volume, not necessarily speed. How many plates at Thanksgiving dinner? At least three. I would be disappointed in myself if I don't meet three full plates. Okay. And now, the turkey, the mashed potatoes, all heavy things, but if I don't at least eat three full plates, I will be disappointed in my output. And three full plates is turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, and insert vegetable? Is that is that what we consider a main plate? Yeah, but and I'm not a big fan of stuffing, so I probably have like about a half the, portion of stuffing because I like it. It's, it's just not my thing. I don't really know why. I always put some on my plate, and I always try to eat a little bit of it, but... So I'll, you know, I'll refill the potatoes, I'll refill the turkey, I'll refill the vegetables, and then I'll kind of leave the little original plate of stuffing just to kind of pick through. I like it mixed in, but I don't like it on on its own. Excuse me. Okay, interesting. I mean, I can't take you seriously as an eater if you don't like stuffing, but to each his own. And and at yeah, home, at home, you guys making? Thing. I don't know why. It's not my thing. Are you guys making stovetop? Are you going with like some kind of fancy uh, recipe? No, I think just the stovetop stuff. Good job. I, to be That's honest, a good job out of the family. The I'm never in the kitchen on, on Thanksgiving. I wake up early Thanksgiving morning. I go play a, a turkey bowl football game with my family and then kind of head head back home. And my mom just kind of sits in the kitchen while I, I nap on the couch watching football. That's a hell of a day. That's why it's the best holidays. Less stress, less pressure, unless you're the one cooking. It's the best day of the year, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. It's just it's literally napping eating and watching football. That's all you have to do all day. In other words, it's a typical Sunday in my life. Yeah, not in my life, but uh, we've been through that a few times. <laughs> a little more jealous of your Sundays than you are of mine. No question. Well, Ward, that's going to wrap it up. We're out of time. Happy Thanksgiving. You can follow Ward at... 
James Ward CBS on Twitter. Okay, that's James's Twitter. Uh, I guess when we see you, we'll both be uh, 10 pounds heavier. I'll be heading to Cleveland after Thanksgiving. So next week in the PGP, hopefully we get a full recap of that trip. Uh, Ward, we'll see you uh, when I see you, I guess. All right, sounds good. Take care, bro. All right, and that'll wrap it up for the PGP on this Thanksgiving week. Enjoy your turkey, enjoy your mashed potatoes, and remember, if you're not making stovetop stuffing, you just did it wrong. Take care, everyone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.